What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Ball Nets podcast. So today we're going to go over three games and a Brooklyn Baller of the Week. The Heat game just wrapped up literally like an hour ago as we're recording this. So we figured we'd just throw that game into and recap it real quick. We're going to be going over their win versus the Wizards, their loss to the Clippers, and their most recent win versus the Heat. Um, before we get into, as well as giving out the Baller of the Week, before we get into things, make sure to uh, find us on iTunes. You can look up Hoop-Ball or Hoop-Ball-Nets. Make sure to leave a review, five stars. We're reading all reviews on the podcast, so uh, if you want to get your review read, make sure to leave one. Thank you in advance. Um, getting into the Wizards game, they beat the Wizards 115-104. to They won turnovers 11-13 to and held the Wizards to 16.7% shooting from three. They were they they had a night their biggest lead was 19 points. The Nets themselves shot 42.2% from the field and the Wizards shot 42.5% from the field. They they won because of pure defense. Well, they I don't even think they won because of defense. They won because the Wizards are bad because the Nets themselves only shot 27.3% from the three-point line. The first half was all Wizards and the second half was all Nets, which is actually pretty promising cuz the Nets never come out of the half firing, but they were regaining momentum at the end of the second quarter. And then as soon as the third quarter started, they just ran away with it and got their huge lead in the third, even bigger in the beginning of the fourth. And it, it can really be chalked up to a good Spencer Dinwiddie performance again. He's stepping up with Karis LeVert out. He's impressive. As he should. Um, they tied a rebound 47-47, to and the Nets out-rebounded them by 1, 13-12. Let's get into the actual box score. So, we're going to start with Washington. Um, they uh, they are imploding <laughs> to start off. So, in case you have not heard, they might trade John Wall. Bradley Beal, maybe Otto Porter, maybe Jeff Green, maybe Kelly They might Kelly just Ubre. blow up the entire team, to be honest. And in one practice, 
this all happened in no particular order. John Wall cursed out head coach Brooks. Kelly Oubre cursed out head coach Scott Brooks. He's lost the team. Oh, yeah. Bradley Beal is blaming other staff members for their issues. Um, Austin Rivers believes that the Wizards are a laughing stock. John Wall and Beal hold a conference where they call out all the teammates. Beal and Rivers fight. Um, John Wall and Jeff Green have a verbal altercation. And it's crazy Dwight because Howard is butthurt that he's even on the Wizards. So it, it's crazy because the, uh, two years ago they were uh, top three seed. They were fighting like, with the Celtics to make the conference finals, and now they're one of the worst. They're they're bottom five seed in the East. Like it, it's crazy. Speaking of John Wall and Bradley Beal, do you think they should trade for them? Because I think they should trade for one in particular. Okay, I don't want them to get Wall or Beal. Although Beal would be a fit. Yeah, I think they should get Bradley <coughs> Beal. But that would kind of screw Karis Yeah, that's the issue I have. Because down the line, that screws up Levert's role. I believe right now they are missing a small forward. Joe Harris can only take them so far and would be a great bench player. And replace Alan Crabb, who should not play any longer, in my opinion. He had one... We're going to talk about the one decent game he's had so far. But... The Nets put a nice offer for Otto Porter. They got matched, and the Nets were actually known as the team that would drive up the prices on these players. People you literally used to use the Nets to get max contracts. No, and to lure and their teams into matches. Very smart of the Nets to throw out these offers because now these other teams won't have cap any cap space. Yeah. And it opens up room for them. But Otto Porter has been tremendously struggling, and. I believe they can buy low on him, although the Wizards will still see value in him. I think it's possible that they can put together a good enough package for him. What would you give up for Bradley Beal or Porter? Give your package for each. For Bradley Beal, I'd probably give up Spencer, Dinwiddie, Rondé, Hollis Jefferson, and a second-round pick. I'm not giving you a first-round pick when we have Karis LeVert, who could be an all-star. So I'll give you Spencer, Dinwiddie, Ronda House Jefferson and a second. Uh, I might give them a first. If they if they were like you give me a first and it's a guaranteed done deal, fine. I'd I'll say give you lottery the first. protected first. Yeah, I'll give you the first if they can guarantee me if that's what it takes to get them, sure. I'll give you the first. For Otto Porter, I'd probably get a I'd give up like Joe Harris and Ronda House Jefferson. I don't think Otto Porter is that good. Okay, I would The one thing about him was his efficiency and he's that's down the drain this season. I, I so. believe if he's back in the right situation he'd be He'd be really good. And just think, just think, if the Nets can acquire Otto Porter and find a way to dump Alan Crabb's money, how do you like Otto Porter and Tobias Harris as your forwards next season? He's convinced that the Nets are going to sign Tobias Harris. I don't know why. I'm 99% sure Tobias Harris will be in a Nets uniform next season. He's convinced they're signing Tobias Harris. But, I I mean, if they do, then power, that's that's great for us because we get to cover a a, a probable all-star, so... Um, back to the, uh, but speaking on the, uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall, do I think that they're going to get one of them? No. No. Do I think they should try? Do I think Sean Marks should call up the Wizards and try and put together a package? Yes. I feel like he will. I believe at the very least they should get Kelly Oubre. That's going to be the person who is the lowest cost and is, to me, an offensive spurt off the bench that they think who do you Alan think, Crabb is. Who do you think the Wizards value more, Beal or Wall? Beal. I would say they value Wall more. I feel like they value Bradley Beal more. Only because, like, 
I honestly say Who's it's equal. Who's there two? If, if I honestly say it's equal. The, I mean, Ubre could play there two more than anyone could play there one. Thomas Sadoransky was low-key nice last I, year when I John just, Wall was out. I just don't think that that like there's a bigger value from either one of them, honestly. That's fair. I'll, I'll say that I think Jeff Green might, is going to get moved. I think that Ubre is going to get moved. It's just... And one of the big three is gonna get moved. I think. I don't. I just don't know who. I think the Nets should go for Ubre though, at the very least, if not Porter. Back to the box score from the Nets win over the Wizards. Uh, Dwight Howard led the Wizards in scoring with 25 points to go along with 17 <laughs> rebounds and one steal and a block. Jared Allen was playing in this game, so he just got completely demolished by a grown man in Dwight Howard. He was 9 of 13. The interesting thing is he was 7 of 10 from the free throw line. He did foul out in 27 minutes, but... I mean, he's put up 25 and 17 while he was in the game, so that's he, he made his mark on the game. Uh, then came Bradley Beal, 8 of 19, uh, 1 of 3 from 3 to, go, to make 20 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, and a block. 38 minutes. 38 minutes, and then John Wall had 16 points on 6 of 19 shooting with 7 assists and 1 rebound. And lastly, Kelly Oubre had 8. Wow, Kelly Oubre is pretty nice. Kelly Oubre had 18 points, 5 of 6 from the field to go along with 4 rebounds and assists and a steal. And he's a solid free throw shooter. So And he low-key plays defense. It's it's someone that I want the Nets to have. And he's a young star. Like, he's young. Uh, and just think... How good of a combination of style him and D'Lo would be together. That's true. That That's just, it would just be fun to watch. On to the next. Wait, just quick thing. Otto Porter had a terrible game, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, we didn't even go Three over Otto Porter. 10 shooting with Otto, That's points. what I said. If the efficiency's not there for that's him, I don't know what he I'm provides. I'm saying it's a buy low. I think they should go for him and hope that the efficiency turns around, but. On yeah. to the Nets, Joe Harris, old reliable, nine points on three of nine shooting, one of six from three, wasn't not, so reliable not, this game. Not reliable. Not reliable this game. He only played 25 minutes, though, which is, he's usually one of the team's leading people in minutes. Uh, Jared Dudley played 22 minutes. I'm not even going to go into his stat line because he shouldn't even be playing. Look, Jared Dudley is probably my least favorite player in the entire NBA. He just continues to disappoint every single game. He will sit there, play 25 minutes, and show me no reason why he should remain on the court. <laughs> why he's even in the NBA. He'll show me no reason <laughs> that's why he's in the NBA. Jared Allen. What's interesting is Jared Allen actually fouled out in 31 minutes. So both Dwight Howard and Jared Allen both they were fouled out. Each they other. both fouled out. Well, Jared Allen had a team high plus 13 plus minus, And he had a double-double with 16 and... 12. He was 5 of 11 from the field, 6 of 8 from the free throw line, and Dwight Howard was, what, 7 of 10? Yeah. So combined, they took 18 free throws. Um, Allen Crabb, this was not the good game. Once again, trash. Wow, 2 for 8, 1 for 6 from 3. What a shock. (laughs) Uh, 6 points, and then... uh, Shooting his season average 25%. Wonderful. This team's two best players as of right now. Spencer Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell. They Spencer Dinwiddie played a team high thirty-one minutes. D'Angelo Russell played twenty-nine. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie outshined him. Eight for thirteen from the field. Three of five from three. Four rebounds. Eight assists. Three steals. 
Just a stellar game. D'Lo had Six 20, man of the oh year God. candidate, Spencer D'Lo Dinwiddie. had 23 points on 8 of 16 shooting. He was 6 of 8 from the free throw line, 1 of 4 from 3 to go along with 6 assists and 3 rebounds. Unfortunately, he had 4 turnovers. Led but the hey, team with a whopping They still managed turnovers. to win the game and the turnover battle. So, <coughs> what I want to bring up this game is that Dinwiddie and Russell outscored Wall and Beal 48 to 36. And that's an all-star backcourt. So that's pretty impressive. And the Nets are usually bad against guards. So for Dinwiddie and Russell to outscore them, I say that's a win. I mean, also what you might want to add is that they did that in nine less shot attempts. They scored 12 more in nine less shot attempts. And both Wall and Beal played above 30, 37 or more minutes. And Dinwiddie and Russell played 29 They combined minutes. for 60 minutes while the other two combined for 75. That's what they just overall outplayed Bradley Beal outplayed and John Wall. Outplayed two all-stars. Literally, that, that's, it, that's all you can ask for which, in a game which, like this. Like, it's sad to say that that's what they'll need to win, though. In yeah. order to win, they will need them to outplay all-stars every game. On to the Clippers. They lost 127-119 to on the second half of back-to-back. They got outscored 37-22 in the fourth quarter, and they could never pull the game back in reach. They were playing so well until it looked like they got gassed in the fourth quarter. They lost a turnover battle 11-8. Which but still won. isn't bad. Yeah. They won the rebound battle 47-38. 11 turnovers a game, which they got in the Wizards and Clippers game, is good. I'll take 11 turnovers every game. It, they actually shot, both teams shot pretty well. Once again, the Nets allow a team to shoot above 50% from the field as the Clippers shot 50.5% from the field, 47.8% from three, and 83.3% from the line. The Nets shot 45.5% from the field, 46.4% from three, and 76.5% from the line. 45.5% from the field is not bad at all. But when you're letting the other team shoot 50%, most of the time you're going to lose, period. Um... On to the box score for this game. I'm going to start with the Clippers. Tobias Harris, a.k.a. Future Net, had 27 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 turnovers on 11 of 17 shooting. He's clearly the Clippers' best player. He is having a breakout year. And I, I really, Tobias Harris, how old do you think Tobias Harris is? 25. Yeah, I always thought he was like 29. No, Tob- I know he's Tobias he's Harris is like 26, 27. That would be a good pickup for the Nets, easily. After um, after Tobias Harris, Danilo Gallinari. Their other stud. Their other stud, as long as he doesn't get injured. The Rooster had 28 <laughs> points. 28 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, uh, and a steal on 9 of 14 shooting. He shot the lights out from 3, 5 of 7 from behind the arc. Okay, so what I found interesting is that Shai Gilgis Alexander started, had a horrible game with four points, two of nine. He only played field. 20 minutes. He had a team low, minus 10, <laughs> five fouls, which is what limited him to 20 minutes. It was just a horrible showing from him. But then you have Lou Will, six man Lou Will. He didn't have that good a game either. 16 points on 15 shots. He only hit four of shooting, them. And he added five assists and a steal. But had a team high plus 18 in his 27 minutes. So, clearly Lou Will is the person they're going to keep at the end of games when it comes down to it. Which they were going to do anyway because he is the bucket getter at any time. But A low-key option for a most improved player 
is Montrez Harrell. I don't think he'll, he'll win He's it. not going to win it, but he's in the running. But something that a lot of fantasy analysts said that has been true is Montrez Harrell is the best big man in Los Angeles. They guessed it, and he is the best big man in Los Angeles. Tell me I'm wrong. Wait, wait. Are we saying, do we count Kyle Kuzma as a big man? No. Okay, then, yeah, Why you're probably right. you count him right. as a big man? Because he plays the four. No, he's no. a small forward forced into the four, in my opinion. Okay. I, I so say he's better than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee, sure. Tyson JaVale Chandler, McGee's low-key in the running for most improved player, too. Yes, that is true. But Montrez Harrell has caused the Clippers to be as good as they are. He is the driving force with Tobias and Danilo. And this game, he played 27 minutes, <coughs> had 16 and 10 on 7 of 10 shooting, and he added a, st- and he added a block. Um, aside from that, no one on the Clippers really scored more than 10 outside of the people we just named. So on to the Nets. In 30 minutes, Old Reliable came back, 19 points hey. on 7 of 11 shooting, and he managed to only add 4 assists and a steal. He didn't get money rebounds, he only had 1, but hey, what else can you ask for? My boy Jared Dudley, 5 <laughs> points, 25 minutes, oh, 2 of 2 from goodness. the field. Provides good things only. Ronda Alice Jefferson, meanwhile, 12 minutes. I can't even go over that anymore because at this point, what is there to say? There's nothing to say besides Kenny Atkinson is off his rocker <laughs> if he keeps on playing this man, Dudley, when they clearly need to win games and Ronda Alice Jefferson is their best chance to win. But that's for another time. On to Jared Allen, who's had one. He had one of his best games of the season: twenty-four points and eleven rebounds on eight of thirteen shooting. Once again, eight of nine from the free throw line. So it looks like he's knocking down free throws at a pretty efficient rate, and two assists to go along with one block. Uh, Allen Crap finally cracked above twelve oh, points. Yeah. He and had he still <laughs> shot below 50%. His best game of the season, and he still couldn't shoot 50%. He had 20, in 29 minutes, Allen Crabb had 15 points, four rebounds, and uh, that's and three personal fouls on 5 of 11 shooting. He went 3 of 6 from behind the arc. And then uh, D'Angelo Russell, 23 points on 9 of 16 shooting. He went 5 of 7 from the three point line, and he added 10, 10 assists, assists and three okay. rebounds. This was and he a, only had one turnover, might I add. This was an absolutely horrid game for Spencer Dinwiddie. Astronomically bad. So he managed to take 16 shots, miss more shots than he had points. He had 11 points, 3 of 16 shooting. That's 18.8% in case you are wondering. 1 of 6 from 3. Only 4 of 6 from the line. He had 4 rebounds and 7 assists. That's a plus. Led the team in turnovers with four and fouled out in 27 minutes. Let me just say. With a team low, minus 19. Yeah, this is a horrible game for Spencer Dinwiddie, but it's good to see D'Angelo Russell step up. A low-key component in the this game was Ed Davis. In 18 minutes, he had only four points, but added 11 rebounds, four offensive, and only 18 minutes. I will continue to say Ed Davis is one of the biggest steals of the offseason. Had he have gone to a contender, he would be on the map right now. But since he's on the Nets, no one really cares. Okay, so I will also say a hoop ball Nets favorite of mine, Shabazz Napier, has been freed but is playing like not good. Is playing like not good. We <laughs> know what play- you wanted to say. He is playing very 
poorly. He's had 12 points. I mean, 12 minutes. One point. You wish he had 12 points. One point, 0 of 4 shooting, three turnovers. What a stat line. Solid. So, yeah, they split those on the back-to-back set. Moving on to the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. Okay, so it's going to end at this game, and then the next Brooklyn Baller will start with the Heat game. But... So, Jared Allen had the best... No, no, no. no. no, no. Listen, Tell him who it is. Okay, Jared Allen played the best in his two games that he played. But he's handicapped because he was out If twice. you guys could see me right now, I'm standing here with my hands up All waiting right. for him to announce it. The Brooklyn Baller of the Week is Jared Dudley. <laughs> ah, you wish. D'Angelo Russell. Say it, uh, say it again. D'Angelo Russell. It's D'Angelo Russell, Brooklyn Baller of the Week. In four games, he gets his first in four games, and he averaged 30.1 minutes, 22.3 points per game, which was the most on the Nets. He averaged 3.8 triples, which was also the most on the Nets. Three rebounds, 6.8 assists. Say it with me. The most on the Nets. 1.8 steals. We're finding a trend here. That's also the most on the Nets in that Point time. Three span. blocks. What's that? <laughs> That's not the most on the Nets. Forty-five percent shooting. What's that? Forty-six percent shooting. That's pretty 45. good. Point eight. That's pretty good. Forty-six percent shooting. Eighteen shots per game. Jared Dudley shot the only two point eight turnovers per game. It's not even close. <coughs> D'Angelo Russell is the Brooklyn Baller of the Week. He gets his first. Okay, so Woo! I will say his one downfall is that he shot sixty-one percent from the free throw line. But aside from that, it was a good week. Let me just throw out two stats about D'Lo. He's one of only four players to be averaging 17 points, five, re- five assists, and three rebounds, and also shooting 40 or more percent from the three-point line. From the three-point line, you know who his company is: Steph, Kyrie, Kyrie, and two De'Aaron. all-stars, and De'Aaron, and Fox. De'Aaron Fox, which is probably the most improved player right now. So I'd say that's good company, and he's also top five in scoring for point guards in the East. He's having a pretty good season right now. I'm not gonna lie. And the unfortunate truth is that he is still not an all-star as of right now, in my opinion. We got a lot of time until for that to happen, buddy. Don't forget. It's I mean, only I November. He's the only hope on the team, so I hope that he makes it, but it's not I'd, looking I'd, too good. Out of D'Lo since Karras is going down, I've seen him take take some sort of leadership role and really put it into a different gear and try and prove, like, I'm here to stay. This is my team. Me and Karras are going to rule this for the next couple of years. And he's holding it down while Karras is gone. That is the reason why I don't want the Nets to acquire a guard. Because I want it to be D'Lo and Karras. However, I don't want it to be Joe Harris and Jared Dudley. I'd like it to be Otto Porter and Tobias Harris. That's a so. What would your dream? What's your dream lineup for next D-Lo, season? Karras, D-Lo, Levert, Karras, Tobias Harris. No, no D'Lo, Otto Porter, Karras, Otto Porter, Tobias Harris, Jared Dudley. I mean Jared, Jared Allen. Heat. <laughs> Jared Allen. So I, I don't even want to get into what C team that would be because we're just gonna go off on a tangent. But needless to say, that's a playoff team. Oh, definitely. That is a high-end playoff team. That's fantastic. Right now, the Nets are ninth in the East, so they very well could make the playoffs. It's not looking too good, being that they lost Karis LeVert. But you never know. One trade, one outburst from a player, one Shabazz Napier sighting, and they could be an ace seed. You never know. Moving one, on. One Rondé Hollis start. Yeah, over one Rondé Hollis Jefferson 30 minute game. So, 
it's. I think they could still make the playoffs despite what people are saying. Karis' injury does not end it for them. Moving on to their most recent game versus the Heat, they managed to win 104 to 92. They outscored the Heat 30 to 15. Okay, so in the fourth quarter, so the first and fourth quarter were all theirs. They started the game hot, closed the game hot. The whole middle was so ugly. They were getting destroyed by the Heat in the middle of the game and then climbed back. They both both teams shot horribly from behind the arc. <coughs> the Heat shot 21.9% from three. The Nets shot 25.8. But while the Heat shot 36% from the field, the Nets shot 43.2%. And the Nets won the turnover battle 11-14. to And the Nets also outshot them at the free throw line. Which barely ever happens. Never. Never happens. They, I mean, it's not like they shot amazing. They still only shot 76%. But the Heat only managed to shoot 65, so uh, the Heat put up more shots than them. They shot 100 shots to the Nets, 88, but the Nets made two more shots in their 12 less attempts, so they made the most of their opportunities. The Heat out-rebounded the Nets 18-13, which is never good to see because we know they out-offensive rebounded the Nets 18-13, Eighteen to thirteen, which is never good to see because we know that's one of their problems. But the Nets managed to win the total rebound battle, fifty-three to fifty-two. On to the box score. We're gonna start with the Heat. Uh, Rodney Magruder had fifteen points in thirty-six minutes on seven to fourteen shooting to go along with five rebounds, four assists, and three turnovers. <coughs> okay, uh, Jared Allen. When he plays a strong man, it's like it's like he is a baby. And they just punt him across the court. It's like they have no regard for his life. Hassan Whiteside had 21 points and 23 rebounds. And two blocks. He was on 9 of 21 shooting. Seemingly mad. He had 11 offensive rebounds himself. That's crazy. It's like he just misrebound, misrebound, misrebound. It doesn't matter, like. Uh, it there. It's just the only good sign is that he shot 21 shots and scored 21 points. So, for a center, that's not that great. But Jared Allen still should rebound a little bit better than he did. But his two best players are Hassan Whiteside and Josh Richardson. Combined, they took 41 shots and made 15. 15 of them. So the Heat played pretty. The Nets played pretty good defense on the Heat's two best players. Wayne Ellington started at the two for the Heat and played like Alan Crabb. He had two <laughs> of eight from the field, nine points. Didn't add much else. To think and, he was in the three point competition last year. And Derek Jones started at power forward and did absolutely nothing. He was Jared Dudley. Three points, one of six. Jeez, comparing Derek Jones to Jared Dudley is tragic. Josh Richardson in a team-high 38 minutes had 16 points, uh, five assists, and four rebounds to go along with two steals and three turnovers. However, he went 0 of 5 from the three-point line. James Johnson is still easing back for the Heat. He shot 1 of 7 with four points, but he'll get it back A little bit of an Alan Crabb situation. On to the Nets box score. Old reliable <coughs> Joe Harris, 28 minutes, 11 points, 4 of 10 shooting. 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Jared Allen, like we said, he had a bad game against the San Juan side. Mean, he played 30 minutes, 13, 13 points, and nine and 14 rebounds. To, so, he had two blocks to go along with it on okay, 5 of 8 okay, shooting. So I guess you can say the rebounding was not his fault, being that no one else, aside from D'Lo, had more than 5. <laughs> Oh, and don't get to D-Lo yet. Lineup. That's in their starting lineup. The bench rebounded well. Ed Davis and Rondé Hollis. 
Damari Carroll played well, 15 minutes, 11 points, 3 rebounds, uh, steal on 3 of 5 shooting. He hit 2 triples. Ed Davis had 9 and 8, 3 offensive rebounds. Ryan DeHouse Jefferson, 10 points in 25 minutes, along with 7 rebounds. And then uh, my Spencer, boy Shabazz. Wait, what? Oh, Shabazz. Nine minutes, six points, three of five shooting. It seems like when his minutes are low, he plays so well because he feels like he has to. He has to make the most of a his sense minutes. of urgency. So maybe, maybe his minutes should stay around <laughs> ten because when he gets a lot of minutes, he shoots so poorly. On to the start. On to the backcourt. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie in thirty minutes had sixteen points, seven assists, two rebounds, and a steal. On five of twelve shooting, he went two of five from the three Solid point game. line. And D'Angelo Russell, Brooklyn Baller of the Week, played a team-high 32 minutes, had his best game of the year, I'd say, 20 points on 9 of 22 shooting. The shooting percentage is not that good, but he had 9 rebounds and 6 assists, 4 steals. So, all in all, he had had 20 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals. I mean... I would say top his, three performances of the his year. His best for him. game is the one where he had thirty-one with the nine, nine threes. threes. Yeah, but and also because he shot two of eight from three in this one. Let's say he shot. It could have been a much bigger let's say game. He for shot him. five of eight from three. You're looking at another thirty point nine rebound six assists game. So it could have been better, but it was still good enough to get them the win. So he gets credit. Now, if you've noticed, the two people were missing that we always talk about. It's the two people in the starting lineup named Alan Crabb and Jared Dudley. They shot a combined 2 for 13 in this one. In case you wanted to know, that is below 15% from the field. Alan Crabb in 28 minutes had 8 points, 2 of 8 shooting, 5 rebounds. Still not good, but I won't rag on him as much as I will Jared Dudley in a second. Alan Crabb just needs to start making shots. He was oh for okay, five. Okay, Jared okay. Dudley. Alan Crabb needs to start making shots or I believe he will lose his spot very soon. But I'll, I'll give him another two weeks to prove himself before Atkinson realizes that it's just not clicking this year. Okay, so let's move to Jared Dudley. 21 minutes. 0 for 5, 0 for 3 from 3, and 1 rebound. You play 21 minutes as the power forward and you contribute 1 rebound? That's why Hassan Whiteside had so many rebounds. Jared Allen had no help from his forwards in grabbing any boards at all. So he's alone. Jared Dudley does not help. Rondé Hollis would help. That's the difference. Jared Dudley also, out of anyone who played more than nine minutes, because Shabazz Napier had minus 11 plus minus, (laughs) Jared Dudley had a team low, aside from Napier's nine minutes, minus seven. So they won the game. With basically no contribution from him. And he was minus seven. He did nothing. Rondé Hollis was plus 17 in his 25 minutes, and that was second on the team. Wow, what a shock. You play Rondé Hollis-Jefferson more minutes than Jared Dudley, and you win. Who would have known? Looking ahead, the Nets play the Mavericks on Wednesday. They are 7-9. The Nets are 8-10. It's on the road, and Dennis Smith has been rolling lately. 
So it should be good to see how that matchup goes versus D'Angelo Russell. Then on Thursday, Thanksgiving, there are no games on Thanksgiving. Wednesday's a 14-game slate. Every team in the league plays except two of them. So that's going to be a great night. And then Friday, they come back and they play the Timberwolves at home. The Timberwolves are currently 0-8 on the road. So there's a good chance that the Nets can take that one. But uh, if I had to guess, I'd say they win both games, to be honest. I'd say they beat the Timberwolves and the Mavericks, and they improve to 10-10, and 10, f- Look, 500. I'm not as confident as I would have been when Karras was playing, but I still think they can win both of these games and make the playoffs when it's said and done. As long as they maintain around 500 when Karras returns, then I think they're going to make the playoffs. If they fall too far behind, that's the issue. So it's about how they play until Carries comes back. With that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNet. Make sure to go leave a review and follow and subscribe to us on iTunes at Hoop-Ball or HoopBallNet. Leave a five-star review. We're reading all of them on the podcast, like I said in the beginning of the episode. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, I'm at Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, it's N-A-J-E-E Adams underscore. Hunter is at Hunter underscore J-K-R. That'll do it for this episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.